or Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, into the new year. And uh, if you're one of those people who have been affected by inflation, I want to play the uh, Mega Millions. No winner last night, which means the uh, next Mega Millions drawing is going to be worth close to a billion dollars. Yeah. Over 900 million, anyway. 940 million is the estimate as of right now. But possibly could be more because when you get up to close to a billion dollars, you have people from other states traveling to states that they uh, normally wouldn't spend gas on to go buy lottery tickets. And uh, people like myself end up playing a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know why. There are a I don't ton. have any better chance of winning. There are a ton of people in Utah that end up uh, in eastern Idaho for a few minutes and buy themselves a ticket. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Not really. Oh. There's no law against uh, crossing state lines to buy a lottery ticket. You can't buy, like, you know, pot in Oregon and bring it back to Boise. But if you want, you can certainly buy a lottery ticket and take it to Utah. Other news today. looks like, uh, just like yesterday, we're going to start the day on the Dow Futures. This is my prediction. We're going to start it up. We're up 75. And then uh, within uh, an hour after the Dow opens, we'll dump about 200 points. Mm, I'm just saying course. that because I, I think because that's, that's what we do every day. The most correct way that you can be right is as far as the prediction, because yes, as you just said, happens that way almost every yeah. single day. It's amazing how uh, how often uh, how accurate pessimism is. <laughs> um, some of you, you know, maybe thinking what's going on in Congress right now might be a good thing, might be a bad thing. Uh, for those of you um, who haven't been keeping up. There is no Speaker of the House after three votes. First time in a hundred years that we do not have a Speaker of the House voted in on the first vote. So they will continue as or, they get back into session today. Or the to second vote. Or, or the third, yeah. as it turns out. Three times yesterday. Kevin McCarthy failed to win enough votes. Um, it seems like everybody's dug in their uh, heels and said, nope, I'm not going to change my support. And Kevin McCarthy is saying that he's not going to uh, give up. They're only going to continue pushing. There are only twenty of them, but but again, because you have to have at least you know one more vote than fifty percent in order to be elected. Uh, nobody was elected on the first three ballots. The, the, the same guy, um, Hakeem Jeffries, was uh, the person all the Democrats were voting for because you can vote for anybody mm-hmm. for Speaker of the House. And on all three ballots, he got two hundred and twelve votes, all from Democrats. So none of them wavered at all, but the Republicans have about either 203 or 202 uh, voting for McCarthy, and there are only like 20 uh, Republicans who don't want McCarthy, and they're kind of getting their way. The um, vote out of those 20, 16 would have to change their mind. Yeah. Yeah, Only four could vote against him, and he could still become Speaker of the House. Now, the reason why I think... You know, some people are saying, oh, this is a good thing. There is absolutely nothing getting done in yeah. Congress right now. And people say, they, oh, they good, they can't the, hurt us. The brand, new, uh, the brand new congressmen aren't even technically congressmen no, yet. No, they're congressmen they elect. haven't been, uh, you know, that, that guy with the fake uh, resume, um, <laughs> the, the, the new congressman, you know, that they discovered he didn't go to his school and mm. all this other stuff. Uh, he even um, put out a, t- a tweet yesterday or on Facebook or something that said, uh, you know, we were we were all sworn in, and I'm officially a member of Congress and everything, and that didn't happen. <laughs> it's like, d- does he check anything before he writes it down? 
Um, here, here's the other thing. I, I was thinking yesterday, I go, the one person that has to be the most happiest about this not getting done in Congress, because this is the big story, um, you know, the, the, I mean, this is history making. It's been 100 years yeah. since this has happened in the past. Uh, the one person who has, has to be happy about this uh, would have been, uh, and gosh, I can't remember the uh, congressman-elect's name right off the top of my head, uh, but the person that you're talking about, because nobody's Santos. talking about him. Santos, there yeah. you go. Uh, because nobody's talking about him. And of course, then he opens his mouth or opens his Twitter account yeah, and um, basically opens his mouth. And if he just sits back and be quiet, is quiet, nobody, nobody's saying anything about that because all the emphasis is on and the speaker vote. You know what? I, I, I don't necessarily even accuse him of lying. He might just think he was inaugurated into Congress or, uh, you know, he was sworn in. Who knows? Maybe he went into a coat closet and raised his right hand and said, I uh, am a congressman, and then spit three times and turned around, and now he's a congressman. Yeah, well, you know, and, and chances are where he's from, that's how they do it. I mean, it's not, not great chances, but you know, it, could, it could happen. Yes. Um, Damar, uh, Damar Hamlin. Damar, Damar Hamlin. Yeah. There you go. Um, remains hospitalized in critical condition uh, in Cincinnati. Um, he's doing better. However, um, still apparently intubated to help him continue. They said that there possibly could be some lung damage. Um, so they're continuing to have him under sedation and intubated as he continues his recovery. Um, the one thing I can say, it's good news because I think there were a lot of people who thought that he might not be alive at this point after what happened on the field. Um, we did find out yesterday from his uncle that he had to be revived twice. Once on the field, which mm-hmm. we all knew that happened, but apparently at the hospital, his heart again stopped. Oh, is that right? And he had to be revived again at the two, hospital. Two different times in the last 24 hours, I have heard somebody say, they keep saying he had a heart attack. He didn't have a heart attack. He had cardiac arrest. And I keep thinking to myself, you know, my entire life, I've thought cardiac arrest was a heart attack. Um, I, the person that it's happening to, I don't think really cares. Well, because in both are, instances, no. your, your heart stops pumping. Yeah. So in both instances, your your heart stops. Cardiac means heart related, and arrest means uh, you know cease to uh, work in a normal way. You've been stopped. So heart stopped, heart attack, right? Yeah, and I know know, officially cardiac arrest is you know what he had happened to him, and that's a heart stoppage. Heart attack has to do with your heart not being able to pump blood because it stopped. Because it stopped and you know has problems as far as see the differences are so clear the uh aorta and whatnot being clogged so yeah i there there specifically there is differences but in both cases the heart stops i see he said <laughs> simply stating the names of two letters and like i said if you're the person it's happening to i don't think you care you just want the heart to be started once yeah. again so that you can continue to live yeah i mean you may not ever say that but that's what you want yeah so um by the way if you're wondering what his gofundme page we told you yesterday oh, um, his goal was twenty five hundred dollars keep this in mind his goal is twenty five hundred dollars and after this happened um it went viral uh he's got a gofundme account and that has gone yesterday morning while we are here to over four million dollars it's now i think wow. over six million six million dollars and his goal was two thousand five hundred dollars yeah. Um, and this is for this isn't for himself. That by sounds the way. like the opposite of my career. This is 
um, to buy toys for kids at Christmas time. So this was something that started before Christmas time. Well, yeah. Um, but it looks like he's going to be able to fund that for a long time yeah. going forward. Next Christmas? Yeah, I think they're going to do pretty well. KBY News Time. You get a car, and you get a car. 614. Um, we got a lot to talk about this morning. We'll talk more on the way. Our phone lines are open at 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is time, though, for our first check on sports this morning with Rick Worthington. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, the place to go for breakfast and lunch every day. They are open seven days a week, and once again, every morning at 7 o'clock. So you're looking for a great place to go to breakfast? Get out to Pork Belly this morning. Good morning, Boise State. Had a big game last night against San Jose State, and it was a close one. After Najee Smith forced a turnover to get his team the basketball, Boise State looked to none other than Marcus Shaver Jr. to take its final shot in a tie game. Bob Beeler had the call for us right here on News Talk KBOI. Shaver with six, Shaver with five, Shaver step back three. He got it! Marcus Shaver Jr. with 2.3 seconds left. Who else would take the last second shot but Marcus Shaver Jr.? He did it last year several times, and it's 67-64. Well, the Broncos got that 67-64 win for their first Mountain West win of the season. With more on that, we check in with Bob Beeler today. Boise State's defense made it tough on San Jose State to shoot from outside, holding the Spartans to just 4 of 21 from 3. The offense made seven threes, including the game winner with 2.3 seconds left from Marcus Shaver Jr. Coach drew up a really good play. They knew if they came and set a ball screen, they would try to trap me, get the ball out of my hands. So they just gave me that whole right side to operate and uh, made the shot. Shaver finished with nine points and six rebounds. Four Broncos were in double figures, led by Chibuzo Abo with 15. Up next, the Broncos will host Utah State on Saturday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Just looking at the standings for the Mountain West right now, Utah State, Nevada, and San Diego State are the only three teams in the Mountain West that have a perfect record in conference games at 2-0. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. During the court hearing, Brian Koberger, as expected, agreed to waive extradition. He'll be flown now to Idaho. It could happen by tonight. In court, we learned he'll face four charges of first-degree murder in Idaho and one charge of burglary. In the courtroom during the Pennsylvania hearing, he mouthed the words, I love you, to his family as he was being escorted out. He uh, still did not have any word on whether he was flown to Idaho last night, if that will come today or sometime this week. I think we'll have information on whether or yeah. not that happens. He'll, However, he'll be here eventually. Yeah, uh, as of yesterday, he was, you know, still in uh, Monroe County in Pennsylvania, appearing at the courthouse by uh, had, and he got there by prison transport van. So he's been being held at the prison. Now, if you thought that there was not a lot of information coming out of Moscow during the investigation. Um, get ready for even less information to be coming out now. Latah County Magistrate Judge Megan Marshall yesterday issued a non-dissemination order that prohibits any communication by investigators, law enforcement personnel, attorneys, agents of the prosecuting attorney, or defense attorney concerning this case. This Once is, again, this is that gonna is be... any information at all. None of those people can share. This is going to be one of those... 
things where nobody is going to end up being on this guy's jury unless they can absolutely prove in voir dire that they've never memorized any information at any time during their lives about anything. <laughs> well, I think they I think they can because it's not necessarily that you don't know the information or you haven't read the information. Um, to be on a jury, to be picked by a jury, you have to be able to set every aside everything you know, right? And be able to say, okay, I can set this which, aside, any of my biases right, aside, which is exactly what everybody is charged with doing when they, you know, have jury duty. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think there are people that can do that, but I also believe that there are people that absolutely cannot do that. I can say, probably for a fact, I am not one of those people that can. However. In this room, I think you're one of the people who could probably set oh, that sure. stuff aside. I think you can. I don't think I can. Well, I'm not going to go into a case having heard nothing about it at all. Right. Nobody is. I, I don't think so. Especially well, if this is held in Idaho. I remember uh, when they were choosing a jury for the uh, O.J. Simpson case, clear back in 1994, uh, they were uh, dismissing anybody who had showed up and was reading a newspaper. Really? Yeah, they didn't want people who knew what was going on. <laughs> We want people totally in the dark. Um, even though if you if you weren't reading a newspaper on that particular morning, you probably had read one. Yeah. You know, back then newspapers newspapers were popular. People don't seem to understand though that if you read a newspaper that has an opinion, or you read a book that has a particular opinion, or a magazine, it doesn't necessarily mean that as soon as you're finished reading, that's your opinion. No. You're just reading somebody else's opinion. Yeah. You're still allowed to think for yourself if you can. The unfortunate part about this, and I get it, they don't want any information, they won't, don't want any leaks, anything like that coming out before the trial. The unfortunate thing about that is you're going to see a lot more of what we have seen for the last month and a half. Mm, speculating. People speculating because with lack of information, you have that vacuum that needs to be filled by somebody. <laughs> and guess what? I'm I, the person to do I, it. I can't stand the silence. <laughs> there must be noise. Yeah, so there's going to be uh, a lot of opinions uh a lot of trying to say what they're thinking or doing that's the unfortunate part about this thing um you're already starting to see it and with Mm -hmm. the fact that they have issued a gag order basically on everybody to talk about anything in this case um you're going to see a lot more of that because once again this is still um leading news story on every single news outlet right now well you know, Moscow, Idaho is four, the center of the universe here. In four the, uh, relatively unsolved murders is, is kind of a big story. Phone lines open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to email us, yes, you can do that too. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 642, uh, good morning. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through this morning. Uh, reminder that coming up here, uh, we're going to get a couple of segments talking with Jeremiah Bates about your money. First week of the new year, what should you be doing with your money or lack of money in some cases? Um, there are a few instances where there are some tax changes going on. Can that help you? We'll talk about some of the tax changes and what it can mean to you. Also get an idea of uh, what he thinks 
could be happening with the stock market in the upcoming year. I, I know it's a crapshoot to try and predict things like that, but, I mean, that's well, his job, and he's paid to there try are, and figure that out. There are occasionally people uh, who uh, are good at that, and th- those are known as rich people. <laughs> I don't know if Jeremiah is necessarily a rich people or not, but he is, uh, you know, a paid expert when it comes to yeah. uh, people's money and where he should be putting it. So we'll talk with him coming up beginning at about 7.05 this morning. The technical term is advice giver. 135 points to the good right now for the Dow futures after being down just a little bit yesterday. At one point before we left the show yesterday morning, down about... Um, 200 points ended up being down only about 10 points. Um, as of right now, though, up about 130 points uh, to the uh, good this morning. So we'll talk extra time with Jeremiah Bates on the way. Phone lines are open. You can also email us this morning. Email in from, um, oh, I lost it. There we go. Ron in Meridian says, uh, gentlemen, heart attack is a disruption in the blood flow inside the heart, usually a plugged artery. It can be the big one, widowmaker, or just a smaller one, depending on the amount of damage done to the heart muscle. Cardiac arrest is just that. The heart is stopped. There are many ways this can happen. Trauma to the heart, massive body trauma, brainstem injury. Whenever someone asks me how did they die, I always reply, their heart stopped. You know, I mean, you're not wrong. No. Uh, every, they, everybody who dies, their heart they, stops. They quit breathing. Yeah. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Time for another check on what's going on with uh, sports once again this morning. With Rick Worthington, it's brought to you by Park Belly in CUNA. You know, pork belly is in the name. One of the highlighted items you should probably try out are the pork belly bites. Smoked for 11 to 12 hours and then deep fried with special sauce. And it is a special experience. Get into pork belly and see what I'm talking about today. Located in CUNA. Good morning. Boise State playing a tough one last night against San Jose State. Marcus Shaver Jr. hitting the game winner. And the Broncos finishing out the game with victory 67-64. to now that's good for Boise State. Coach Rice said it wasn't rocket science. You give the ball to Marcus Shaver Jr. at the end of the game, and he's going to win it for you. On this one, no doubt about it, Bob. Yeah, you don't have to be a, a rocket scientist to know that one. But we were dealing with the he sprained his ankle, and so I, I asked him, I said, do you you want this shot? Are you going to make it? And he goes, I got it. <laughs> I want it. And once they say that, then I knew. And then, you know, with Marcus, I've seen him so many times. When that ball, when he snaps it off and it spins like that, it's good. I, like, right when he let it go, I was like, that one's good. But uh, first of all, what a battle. I mean, this team, I told you they were good. And, and uh, I mean, they've beaten UNLV already, and they've beaten Colorado State on the road. They came in here, and uh, we played a tremendous first half. I mean, that you know, to have that lead. And then, you know, Shea went down. We were kind of leaking oil there a little bit defensively and a little bit offensively, too. And, you know, just... Uh, we weathered the storm. We made some big shots. Naj's big three, that was huge. I mean, we, we did some, and, you know, Buzo made a tough shot. There were some just big, big plays. So, again, the Broncos with a 67-64 to victory there at Extra Mile Arena last night. Homestand will continue for Boise State. They take on Utah State. Tip-off scheduled Saturday at 4.30 p.m. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Going to do a little something different today with our Casper and Chris damn near impossible question that is brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk, 
Realty. Uh, if you are a seller, you want to choose a little company with a global network. Their business affiliations make them uniquely positioned to promote your home or property, not just here in the area, but statewide, uh, worldwide. Call 208-888-4128. Um, today, we're going to give you a chance. We've got tickets to this coming Saturday's game against Utah State at Extra Mile Arena. Compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing. Thank you to Kenny and everybody there who has donated those tickets for you to win. You can either take those if you would like, or you can take the $50 Twisted District gift certificate. Or Your what's choice. behind door number three? All you have to do is uh, choose. Now, no matter who wins and chooses what, we're going to give away the other sometime before 10 o'clock this morning. So if they choose Twisted District, we're still going to give away Boise State tickets uh, coming up after our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question, by the way, which will be coming up at about 8.20 day. Our question, there is currently uh, one and only one country in the entire world with a monarchy that uses emperor instead of king or queen. Our question today for you to answer is, what country is it? If you know the answer, stick around. Coming up uh, after 8 o'clock today, if you're able to answer, you'll get to choose the $50 Twisted District gift certificate or a pair of tickets to the Boise State-Utah State game coming up here this coming Saturday night. Once again, uh, Extra Mile Arena. Um, you had mentioned we didn't we didn't talk about this. Uh, there are no more teams, undefeated teams, yeah. left in the NCAA. New Mexico lost last night to Fresno State. Mm-hmm. That just goes to show Mountain how West tough, tough the Mountain West is going to be, especially winning on the road uh, this year. Uh, if you can win on the road, I think you're you're going to have a big leg up on on everybody. KBOI News Time is uh, six fifty nine. Once again, stick around. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Currently 31 degrees in downtown Boise at 7.07, first week of the new year. I'm set uh, resolutions, or as I like to call them, Goals. And some of those that you might be setting have to do with finances, maybe taxes. Jeremiah Bates is going to take a little extra time with us this morning. Normally we talk with him every morning at 7.20, but he is here with us a little bit early to talk about changes in some of the tax codes this year, um, what to look forward to as far as investing. Last year, not a good year to be invested in the stock market or bonds, for that matter, or <laughs> digital currencies, um, a lot uh, of places earth really yeah we're down last year i have to say one of the good things that i um have seen so far this year is that the irs has uh, ditched a new tax requirement for now at least i think it's probably going to come back um that delays the reporting requirement for third-party trans transaction networks um like venmo paypal ebay and etsy to issue a 1099k for users with more than $600 in payment transactions during the year. Now, the previous threshold was $20,000 with over 200 transactions. This was supposed to start January 1st, but it looks like the IRS has at least ditched that requirement for now over some confusion. 
Yes, for now, which I think is a welcome a welcome decision by all involved here. And it's mean listen, I think we can all we all can agree that if you receive some type of compensation or some type of gain that the reality of there's two rules in life, right? Death and taxes. Well, if you receive some type of compensation or some payment, then should you be reporting it? Should you be paying on your taxes on it? Yes. But where the problem lies with the reporting or issuing these ten ninety nines, these tax is it's just the the IRS and and the and the tax profession as it is right now they just don't have the bandwidth the capacity to process things as is so now you're just going to add in a plethora of more tax forms um, it's just it's just going to bog the system down and cause further delays of which that we already saw last year so. I mean, listen, when you're talking about a tax code that uh, is it's more than like 10 million words, and I think it's over 75,000 pages now, do we really need to add another layer of just reporting and filing? In my opinion, no, right? So definitely welcome to see that they punted on that, and hopefully they do away with it in its entirety. So let's look ahead to any of the other ways that you can... I know a lot of the tax laws as of right now and what you're going to do with taxes had to be done by the end of the year. But there are still some other things and ways that people can save taxes, even though they're in 2023 that you can still do to help your 2022 taxes. Correct. 100%. So there's a lot of things that you can do retroactively to help yourself and help your tax situation from the, from the previous year, 2022, Couple of those, the low hanging fruit is your IRA contributions. Now, these are, think of them as what's known as qualified accounts, meaning they have a purpose in the eyes of the IRS. So they essentially come out and say, Hey, U.S. citizen, do you want to save money for a purpose? Yes. What's your purpose? Retirement? Great. If you put your money or save your dollars inside of this account title. Now, remember, IRAs, Roth IRAs, retirement accounts, those are not the investment. It's just the account title. It's the holding spot of your investment. So you can do, you have all the way up until uh, April 15th to do a traditional IRA contribution, which again would lower your taxable income. You have uh, until April 15th to do your Roth IRA contribution. So, I mean, I don't think it takes a very speculative person to see the writing on the wall or where taxes are likely to go. I, I mean, we're big fans of Roth IRAs because we are in historically low. We're we're in a historically low tax environment. So, if you can get your tax burden out of the way now, do Roth contributions, let that money grow over time, and then when you actually start to tap into those dollars at retirement, it's completely tax free to you. So. Again, you gotta you gotta boil it down to your own situation. So if you feel that ta- like taxes are a big headwind and they they are a big um, I guess drag, <laughs> like it's a good problem to have. If you're paying a lot in taxes, right. great, you're making more money. So you would likely want to do a traditional IRA contribution to lower that tax bogey. But if not, I mean, if let's imagine if you're a younger worker or you're just or, or taxes are not a big headwind, then Roth IRAs are a great option for you because again, you have that time. Uh, additionally, health savings accounts, so HSAs. If you have an eligible healthcare plan and you can defer money into a health savings account, it's one of the most powerful accounts that you have out there as an American taxpayer. The money goes in pre-tax; it lowers your taxable income. You actually do have the ability to invest eight, eight dollars in an HSA, and then as long as you use those dollars on a eligible health um, expense, then it's completely tax-free to you. So you have triple tax savings 
in that with, with that account. And you have up until April 15th to fund it from the previous year. So again, you do have um, you do have the ability to fund these accounts. If you have if you're a self-employed individual and you want to do what's called a SEP IRA, you have until April 15th to do that contribution as well. So again, a lot of low-hanging fruit things that you can do uh, after the fact now that we're in tax year 2023 to better help your situation for 2022. And a lot of it is you got to wait till, I mean, end of January or going into February to start receiving all of these tax forms and tax items before you really get a picture of what your taxable income is going to be for for 2022. So like your 1099s, if you have investment accounts, your W-2s, things like that. So you gather those up and then you can start plugging in the numbers or work with your accountant or your tax professional to start plugging in those numbers and then say, okay, well, if I did this amount of money into a traditional IRA, how is that going to affect my, my tax obligation? Or if I do a Roth IRA, what's my effective tax rate going to be? Uh, so again, uh, a lot of a lot of tax planning that goes in hand, but uh, some of it's already passed. Right. So I, generally, I find that November, December, the best months to do your tax planning for the year. So follow up question: You were talking about converting to a Roth IRA, which would be good right now because the market has been down for the last year. Is that something um, like myself or anybody who has a four hundred one k? Can you convert four hundred one k funds to a Roth IRA to maybe help you out with future tax liabilities? It's a line that's used in the tax planning world a lot, and it's a it depends. <laughs> it's an it's it depends answer. It all depends on your plan. So if you if your employer offers you a the ability to contribute into a four hundred one k, these four hundred one k's are governed by what's called a plan document. So generally, the owner of the company they go in they they're the trustee of the plan and they craft the provisions that are allowable within the four hundred one k. Most people are just familiar with hey, I'm going to defer some of my pay my payroll my my wage into the 401k and hey maybe my employer doesn't match matches my contributions as well right so what most people are familiar with now a lot of 401ks they do have built into their language that you can do uh in plan conversions meaning you can take those pre-tax dollars and you can convert them to a Roth and you can do this as outside of your 401ks too but the one thing you got to remember if you do a Roth conversion meaning you're moving dollars from a pre-tax IRA or pre-tax 401k into a Roth. It's taxable as ordinary income the year that you do it. So you gotta, we, to be clear, big fan of Roth conversions. I think it's one of the smartest things you can do in a low tax environment in which we have and in a, in a down market in which we are. Think about it. You take a pre-tax, you take pre-tax investment. So you got the tax benefit. Market's down. Tax rates are low. You convert that into a Roth IRA. So you got the tax bogey out of the way. And then when it's a matter of when we start to see the market recuperate, all of that takes place in your Roth IRA. So fast forward five, 10 years, then all of those dollars and gains are completely tax free to you. But the one thing you got to be careful is whatever dollar amount you convert in a year, it's taxable as ordinary income. So you got to be careful with how much you convert because you don't want to drive yourself up into a very high marginal tax rate. You don't want to disallow yourself from some tax credits for healthcare. You don't want to increase your Medicare premiums. I mean, that, that could have a, a tremendous ripple effect and some, and some adverse consequences. Right. But Roth conversion is generally a good idea. How much have the tax brackets changed for 2023? Yeah, they, they did. So... <laughs> Uh, they didn't change much, but boy, I tell you. Okay, on December 23rd, 2022, the U.S. House of Representatives passed what's called the uh, Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. Now, inside of that 4,000-page-plus document 
is the long-awaited Secure Act 2.0. If you remember, there was a Secure Act, the, the first version of the Secure Act that was passed late 2019 that went into effect 2020 that did have some big tax changes in it. So this Secure, the Secure Act 2.0... I mean, not to say that the, the, the changes are huge or, or, or minuscule, but, um, you know, let's just kind of go through this a bit. And <laughs> we probably need like a full three hours to really dive into all the changes that happen. Well, we here. don't have and, that kind of time. No, no, no. And we, <laughs> we, we also are trying to get awake here in the morning, not go back to sleep. <laughs> so one of which is required minimum distributions. So required minimum distributions are being pushed back again. You got to remember since 1986, required minimum distributions from, you know, a traditional IRA, they were set at 70 and a half. So that was the status quo for more than 30 years until 2019. Secure Act 1. or Secure Act 1 pushed RMD ages back to age 72. Now in Secure Act 2.0, they you basically have two, three numbers that we're dealing with. Let's just make this easy. If your birth year was 1950 or earlier, you're still beholden to RMD age 72. If your birth year is anywhere between 1951 and 1959, RMDs need to begin at age 73. If your birth year is 1960 or later, your RMD age is 75. So all that means is that um, at some point, uh, the IRS just says you've been putting money into these into these pre-tax accounts. You've been getting your tax deductions. When you hit this age you have to start taking that money out and you have to start Got paying it. taxes on it. All right, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about stocks and bonds and where you see the market going this year and what uh, might be a good idea for investors to be looking into. We'll do that coming up next. Once again, Jeremiah Bates talking about your money this morning, first week of the new year. Doing some planning could help you out. Stick around. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates, once again uh, this morning, talking with us about your money, your taxes, first week of the new year, doing some planning. I, I just have one question before we uh, get into what to expect, possibly expect what you see this year. Um, gold has been going up uh, uh, quite a bit over the last month and a half. Should we read anything into that? I, I mean, gold. It's interesting because gold, um, you know, which is kind of the consensus is gold is a great hedge against inflation. It's a good place to to hide out when you're starting to see market volatility. That wasn't the case. And Mike, you touched on it when we started the last segment. Is as an investor, really any pocket of asset class or where you're investing, things got beat up. And what has historically been looked at as conservative investments got beat up. We're starting to see a little bit of a bump for gold. And I think that's mainly around these concerns around, you know, last year, the primary concern was inflation and interest rates and bogging down the economy and the concern of a recession. Well, now that recession bell is starting to ring a little bit louder. So you're starting to see a bit of a flight to safety. I don't think you do, you throw the baby out with the bathwater and you immediately change your your investment philosophy. It really comes down to time. But we're also seeing the, that bid go into fixed income a little bit where bonds have gotten beat up last year. I think you might start to see a little bit of what's called the flight to safety where you know you start to see money leave uh, the the growth sector, the technology sector, things like that, and go into you know more conservative things like your your solid investment graded bonds, your U.S. Treasuries, gold for that matter. So should we read into it too much? Nah, pro- probably not. I mean, my opinion on gold is it's a bit speculative, doesn't pay a dividend, and its its performance compared to just the stock market historically, if you zoom out, and give it a length of time, usually equities are a better place to be.
to be. One thing I did want to touch on, uh, though, um, Chris, as far as the tax brackets, you asked me that question. I didn't answer mm-hmm. it. Is that, where you asked how much did t- the the marginal tax brackets change? Okay, real quick, marginal tax rates did not change in 2023. What has changed though is the amount of income that is subject to that specific tax rate. So right. just to give you an example, the top for 2022, the top of the 12% for a couple, for a married filing jointly couple, the top of the 12% bracket was 83,550 for 2023 it bumps up to 89,450. Just means we get a little bit more of a buffer to work within this the, marginal tax bracket. The next up from 12 is what 22, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So 10, 12, 12, 12 22, is, 24 and 12 then 32. Is better. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. All right, Jeremiah, uh, thanks for taking a little extra time. Uh, as of right now, Dow Futures are up 107 points just a few minutes ahead of the opening. We'll get an update from you in just about an hour and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A Boise police officer shot and injured an unidentified person on the connector near the Flying Y this morning. The Boise Police Department said in a news release that people called Ada County Dispatch at 940 this morning, reporting that a person was walking in the traffic lanes on the freeway. The Idaho Statesman reports an officer responded to the call and police alleged that the person refused officer commands and had a weapon, which caused the officer to fire his weapon. The person was injured and taken to a local hospital. The officer, who has not been identified, was not injured. The incident stalled traffic near the Flying Y. This is the first police shooting in the Treasure Valley in 2023. Last year, out of the seven police shootings in the area, the Boise Police Department was involved in three. Well, we're off and running in uh, 2023. Yeah. Took all of what? 70, 72 hours. 72 yeah, hours. For the first shooting. Uh, that was, by the way, uh, something that happened yesterday morning. Just as our show was ended, it happened, as you heard there, at about 9.40. It was 10.04 when uh, Boise Police Department... Um, basically said that they were closing the 184 Flying Y, and it remained closed until about 12.52. Everybody was being shuttled through Meridian. Yeah. That, bet that was fun yesterday. Mm-hmm. They uh, have the, uh, what, what the traffic people look at, uh, it, it's based on uh, cell phone. Uh, <sighs> they can tell where your cell phones are. And if all of a sudden one intersection or one, you know, uh, thoroughfare or something just suddenly starts to turn black, it means there are lots of cell phones there, meaning the traffic is not moving. And uh, after that situation, there were it just started happening all over town. Boise Police Chief Ron Winnegar said that the man walking on the freeway presented a life-threatening situation, said it was dangerous for the individual, for officers responding, as well as for drivers who were passing by. He said he eventually turned um, and came towards an officer as officers arrived on the scene. He ultimately produced a weapon and did not follow commands given by the officer that was closest to him. At that time, the officer fired his gun. Linegar said that the man was given aid at the scene before being taken to the hospital. Ada County Critical Incident Task Force was activated as protocol demands when a police officer is involved in the shooting. No word yet as to what the weapon was or if there was an actual weapon. We don't know that as of yet. The man has not been charged and will not be charged until he has been released from the hospital, but expected to be uh, charged. 
I wonder if he actually had a weapon. Or if he just was holding, you know, something, yeah. but since he wasn't following orders. And that's that's the other thing. The, the police officer said that he deemed that it was a weapon, mm-hmm. we, but they did not confirm or deny yesterday in the press conference whether or not he was actually holding a weapon. There are a lot of things that a lot of people, and we've seen this in the past with shootings here in the uh, Treasure Valley, where something that looks like a weapon, I'll, I'll give an example, cell phone held up to look like a weapon, looks like a weapon when you're a little ways away. Well, plus, people have this tendency, if the police are yelling at them, uh, show me your hands, for some reason, some people have a tendency to think that means pull something out of your pocket. Yeah. And the first thing the policeman has to uh, guard against is if that's a gun. The officer, uh, who has not been identified, by the way, was not injured. He was placed on paid administrative leave, which is the department's standard policy after a shooting. Right. We'll continue to keep you updated as more of the uh, details come in here on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in and be a part of the show, you can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, texts. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. Once again this morning, it is brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA, the best breakfast and lunch in CUNA. You're going to find it at Pork Belly, downtown CUNA. They're eager to prove it to you, too. See the entire menu at porkbelly.idaho.com. You can also like them on Facebook for their daily specials. Good morning. you got to like what the Broncos did last night as they took on San Jose State at Extra Mile Arena. Broncos handing the ball to Marcus Shaver Jr. at the end of the game. It's a tie game. Time winding down. And here was the call from Bob Beeler. Shaver with six. Shaver with five. Shaver step back three. He got it. Marcus Shaver Jr. with 2.3 seconds left. Who else would take the last second shot but Marcus Shaver Jr.? He did it last year several times. And it's 67-64. San Jose State's a lot better this year, but the Broncos got him 67-64 at home last night. With more on last night's game, we check in again with Bob Beeler. Boise State's defense made it tough on San Jose State to shoot from outside, holding the Spartans to just 4 of 21 from 3. The offense made seven threes, including the game winner with 2.3 seconds left from Marcus Shaver Jr. Coach drew up a really good play. They knew if they came and set a ball screen, they would try to trap me and get the ball out of my hands. So they just gave me that whole right side to operate and uh, made the shot. Shaver finished with nine points and six rebounds. Four Broncos were in double figures, led by Chibuzo Abo with 15. Up next, the Broncos will host Utah State on Saturday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. By the way, Utah State, one of only three teams in the Mountain West that are currently 2-0, unbeaten in conference play. I'm Rick Worthington. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Helen's uncle saying it was at the hospital where his nephew had to be revived a second time. His heart had went out, so um, they had to resuscitate him twice. They resuscitated him on the field before they brought him to the hospital. Hamlin, officials say, suffering cardiac arrest after that tackle against the Cincinnati Bengals that ended with a blow to his chest. Still in the hospital, still intubated, still sedated. Hamlin um, is recovering, though. That's good news. 
continues to heal. Um, he's still being intubated because they well, uh, fear that there's some lung damage. If he's intubated, is is he unconscious necessarily? Um, I th- I think it, he's sedated enough that. From my knowledge of someone who was sedated and intubated because of COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. they were unconscious. They didn't. They were completely put under. And the reason that you're put under is because it's so uncomfortable having that right. stuff down your throat that they don't want you thrashing around. They want you completely resting and recovering. So my guess is, with you know, without being there or talking to the doctor, that yeah, he's probably unconscious. Still, no word on what is going to happen with that game as of yet, but safe to say, because if they were going to play it, it had to be played either Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. That is not happening. My my best guess is here that they're going to wait for this weekend to play out because if the Bills win and Kansas City and Cincinnati lose, it won't make any difference. And then they can say, hey, look, this isn't going to make any difference. Even if the Bills and Cincinnati play, even if Cincinnati wins, it's not going to change yeah. the the seating. So they could be waiting to see if it might change. If it does, I still think that they're going to play this game, and I still think my, my opinion is that the NFL will say, and they have to do it with the Players Association. They can't just do this on, on themselves. They'll get with the Players Association, and they'll decide to extend the season by one week and then get rid of that two-week period between the last playoff games and the Super Bowl. And it, that's happened before. Right. It used to be they did away with those two weeks. They added them a few years ago so that there were two weeks so that you could get the build up to the Super Bowl. But I, I think that may be one way that they can do this is is it, not, nothing the is going to be great. The theory being that unless you have two weeks to get uh, you know built up to it, nobody will watch it. Yeah. Unfortunately, what it does take away, even with that, if you do that two weeks, uh, it if the number one seed in the AFC doesn't get a week off. Right. You know, so the number one seed in the in the playoffs gets a bye, and that would not happen if you ended up having to extend the season. But ho- hopefully they'll figure it out and we'll have, you know, some guidance on what's what's going to happen. I know a lot of people say, hey, this is no big deal. There's a, This is life and death. Unfortunately, and we talked about this yesterday, it is life and death. And, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the family of the young player who is recovering right now and in the hospital and, and hopefully continues to recover and, and comes back and there's no long-term repercussions yeah. on this. However, I mean, life does go on. There were a, a lot of different opinions I read uh, yesterday uh, about this, and about half of them said that, of, of course, that game should have been stopped because, you know, this was serious and somebody uh, almost died. They just they thought he was, you know, going to die or he almost he had died sort of on the field his heart had stopped uh so you know of course uh, we can't play the rest of the game and then there were other people who simply said uh this is an injury albeit a very serious one and with an injury what you do is you tote the player off and then you continue the game and uh, they, they said you know if somebody in the stands had dropped dead they would have continued the game or if uh i don't know what they would have done if a referee had become, you know, critically injured or something, or had had a heart attack. In in baseball, that's happened. It happened on opening day years ago. There was a, a 300-pound uh, umpire named John McSherry, and he had a heart attack and died right there, uh, like in the first inning of the first game. 
and he was behind home plate at the time, and they said that's it. We and they canceled Stop. the game. Cancel so, yeah. the game. It's easier to cancel a baseball game. We talked about that yesterday because you don't need a week to yeah. recover and get ready for your next well, game. I mean, you can exactly. play a doubleheader pretty yeah, easily. The, the next day, if if you want to, if if you can schedule it, you're usually playing the same team the next day. Not always, but usually you are, and so you could just schedule a doubleheader for the next day. Yeah, no, no big deal. I I don't have a problem with them canceling the game. I have a feeling that. And I don't know 100% for sure, but you heard in the broadcast, if you listen to the broadcast, um, some of the players are refusing to play. I, I don't know what, it, it, you know, if, if the NFL would have come down and said, no, we're going to play, we have to continue to play. They might not have had treated enough as personnel. An engine, yeah, what, what would have happened if the NFL, say, say the Buffalo Bills, who the player, he played for Buffalo, decided we're not going to play. This is too serious. We're not going to play. Would have Buffalo been given a forfeit? Good question. I don't, I don't know. Um, I just hope that they get it figured out. More importantly, like I said, thoughts and prayers uh, go out to the uh, family and uh, the player. Hopefully he continues to recover. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807, good morning, and thanks for listening in. Remember, you can always be a part of the show by participating. Phone lines are always open for you at 208-336-3700. Toll-free, 1-800-529-5264. That's wherever you might be listening. If you want to email us, you can do that, chris at kboi.com. And mike at kboi.com. You can also text us, same as our main number, at 208 208- Three three six thirty seven hundred. 336 We've been following along the story since, story since it happened, November 13th. Um, once again, uh, update on the uh, story of the uh, murders, the uh, University of Idaho, the multiple murders, four murders. Uh, we do have an update. Brian Koberger left jail in Monroe County, Pennsylvania, where he had been arrested last week for the stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students. A jail official told ABC News Koberger was being flown back to Idaho, where he faces four counts of felony murder. He waived extradition during a brief hearing and appeared to mouth I love you to his parents and sisters. Police have said nothing about a weapon or motive, but more information about the murders is expected once Koberger appears in an Idaho court. So it sounds like he is on his way back. Mm-hmm. Should be in Idaho later today. Why is that uh, important? Might be some of the only information that we get out of the uh, case. Yeah, there's essentially a gag order now. Yeah, that was uh, issued by uh, a judge yesterday on pretty much everybody. Ensure that <laughs> the system is protected, that the integrity of the process is protected by ensuring that people don't speak out. I think the reason in part for the gag order is because there have been so many leaks. So you have the authorities publicly saying, we can't talk, we can't say anything, we can't answer questions. And then all the information is coming out via leaks. I, I don't remember hearing any leaks. I don't either. In fact, we've been begging for leaks. Yeah. I, I and thought, all we've heard is speculation from people who, as it turns out, don't know what they're talking no. about. So I don't, I don't know... Maybe people across the country are hearing the speculation and think, oh, this was leaked by the police department. Because you're right. Everybody here in Idaho has been basically a lot of people complaining that they weren't giving out information. And the police kept saying, be patient, be patient. We can't give out information. As a matter of fact, I remember thinking while this thing was going on that I was surprised that there weren't more leaks coming from within the police department or people in the know, so to speak. So I don't know necessarily what uh, he was 
that was a reporter for ABC, Dan Abrams, saying that, you know, that there was a lot of leaks. Because I, I don't remember hearing a lot of leaks. Yeah, I don't either. So some of the uh, basic information that we're probably going to get is when the affidavit is open. And that, by law, cannot be open until he appears in court here. I don't think that that's going to be affected by the gag order, but I don't know for sure. I I hope it isn't because we get to hear some of the evidence and some of the charges, uh, why they felt that he was a person of interest. Yeah. Um, One of the opinions I read this morning said that he waived his right to extradition because he wants to get back to Idaho and find out what's in the affidavit. I don't necessarily, like I said, we talked about this yesterday. I don't necessarily think that's possibly true. I I think that there's, I mean, the only way that he could have fought. a lot of identifiers in there. The only way that he could have fought the extradition is to say that he wasn't the person that Idaho was looking for. Yeah. That's that's the only way. So as a lawyer, you're going to go, all right, the only thing we're going to do here, if you're going to fight extradition, is drag this out two or three days. There's no way you're not going to Idaho. So there's no reason well, to fight this because it makes you look guilty and what they if you're fighting it. decided to say, the lawyer said he's anxious to come back and, and get exonerated. And if you're paying for a lawyer... You would hope that your lawyer would say that for yeah, you. That does right? seem to be a good attitude yeah. for a defense attorney. So, once again, um, prosecutors have said the affidavit for the four charges of first-degree murder will ma- remain sealed until he is returned, which could possibly be later today. He's also charged with felony burglary, which was kind of weird to me. I don't, I don't know what the statute says when it comes to burglary, but felony burglary because he broke into the house with the attempt intent of killing the individuals, which doesn't seem like burglary to me. But like I said, I don't know what the exact statute or wording of the yeah. statute says. I mean, burglary, because uh, apparently he broke in. Maybe he took something. Who knows? But uh, it's certainly the secondary charge to the, the four murders. And, and I don't think it was a burglary gone wrong because... You know, if somebody wakes up, the the first thing you, you don't you don't stab everybody in the house to death. Mm-hmm. You you get out the door. Yeah, you quietly try to steal stuff and and get out the door. But it doesn't sound like we're going to get a lot of information that is released because, uh, like we said, there's basically the judge yesterday issued a gag order on everybody: prosecutors, police department, spokespeople, the defense. You know. Everybody has a gag order, so we're not going to get a lot of information. No, that no is one be will released. say anything, anything. Yeah, unless the judge decides, you know, that it's okay to release it to the public. So for those of you who were complaining that there was not a lot of information being released by the police department, get ready to complain a lot more. Although it's not the police department's fault this time, you can complain about the judge because they're the ones that's going to be holding it up. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Stick around. Coming up here next, chance for you to pick up uh, your choice this morning. We either have Boise State tickets against Utah State, Extra Mile Arena, coming up this Saturday afternoon, compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing, or we have a $50 gift certificate to Twisted District for food and drinks. It's Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. You'll be able to win one of those. If you're able to answer, that'll be coming up right after Bronco Sports today.
This Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, uh, John's going to get first crack at our question today. It is the uh, damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. John, we've got a choice for you. We either have uh, the Boise State tickets for Saturday afternoon against Utah State at Extra Mile Arena, tickets, compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing, or you have a $50 Twisted District gift certificate uh, to use at Twisted District on Chinden in Garden City. Our question, there is currently one and only one country in the world with a monarchy that uses the term emperor instead of king or queen. What country is it? It's Japan. It is Japan. Japan. Yes, it is. Congratulations, John. Uh, Japan, the only country that uses the term emperor. Now, that's one question. You have a second question to answer. (laughs) What would you like? Either the tickets to the Boise State game or the $50 gift certificate to Twisted District? I'll take Twisted District. I'm already going to be at the Boise State game. All right. Twisted District is yours. Hang on the line. We'll get some information from you. Here's the good news for everybody who was trying to call in and win this morning. We still have a pair of tickets we're going to give away to the Boise State-Utah State game Saturday afternoon. Compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing. If you want to win those, stick around. Sometime within the next 90 minutes, we're going to give those to one lucky winner. You'll be ready to call us up at 208-336-3700, and those tickets could be yours once again more twisted district to give away and if you really want twisted district right now at a uh, price you can really love it's one of our sweet deals that are on sale right now go to kboi.com click on the sweet deal link you can get a 50 dollars gift certificate for only 25 dollars take advantage of that right now it's one of the many deals that are available to take advantage of before friday morning at nine when we have a double sweet deal going on sale but right now if you want to take advantage go to kboi.com click on the sweet deal link drive home live and local with nate shellman this afternoon at three now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi if the House gave the Speaker's gavel to the member with the most votes, Democrat Hakeem Jeffries would now be holding it. He received 212 votes. Republican Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy, only 203. Republican Jim Jordan led off voting round two. I hope you'll vote for Kevin McCarthy, and that's why I'm proud to nominate him for Speaker of the House. But Republican Matt Gates nominated Jim Jordan, claiming he has more integrity than Kevin McCarthy. For the sake of the American people, too, why does this matter? Well, the House is paralyzed at this point, right? They cannot move forward with any business, legislating, passing bills, swearing in members until they have a Speaker of the House. So we're just essentially in this long waiting game here. It's not unprecedented, although it is history-making, because this is the first time in 100 years that there has been more than one vote to get a Speaker of the House. Mm Mm-hmm. Usually they just agree on who it's going to be and come in and, you know, vote just, uh, it, it's just procedural. You know I mean? It's, it's no big deal. But this time it's a big deal. Kevin McCarthy failed to secure enough votes three times yesterday. As a matter of fact, after each vote, he lost more support, uh, more support on each successive vote. This is what he had to say yesterday after the voting was all done. Uh, we, we did have an intense conference, and it's intense for a purpose. We have worked for a long time. I've been leader for four years. 
I came into this position and we had less than 200 members. We are now sitting in the majority. We put forth to the American public a commitment to America. There's times we're going to have to argue with our own members if they're looking at for only positions for themselves, not for the country. For the last two months, we worked together as a whole conference to develop rules that empower all members. But we're not empowering certain members over others. Last night I was presented the only way to have 218 votes if I provided certain members with certain positions, certain gavels, to take over the church committee, to have certain budgets. And they even came to the position where one, Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected. Well, that's not about America. And I will always fight to put the American people first, not a few individuals that want some for themselves. So we may have a battle on the floor, but the battle is for the conference and the country, and that's fine with me. Wow, Matt Gates kind of got thrown under the bus there. Lawmakers will continue to vote until a candidate receives a majority. Members can vote for different candidates on each ballot. Like I said, it's not common that there is more than one ballot, but it has happened. In 1923, it took nine ballots to finally elect a speaker. On three occasions prior to the Civil War, Speaker was not elected on the first ballot. In one instance, it took 133 ballots over a period of two months. Keep in mind, if that is it, what indeed might happen here, we don't know. It could take weeks or months, but keep in mind, nothing in Congress is getting done. Yeah, true. Lawmakers who have been elected are not sworn in. There is no no business that can be done until the Speaker is elected. They are actually not yet officially in Congress. 133 ballots over a two-month period. Now, as a last resort, lawmakers can adopt a resolution that would elect a Speaker by plurality instead of a simple majority. The important thing, functionally, is, like I said, nothing is happening in the House until they have a Speaker. Some people might be thinking right now, going, well, that's good. They can't do any more damage. (laughs) That sounds like a challenge to me. The last to vote for an opposite political party candidate was Democratic Representative Jim Traficant of Ohio. In 2001, he voted for a Republican speaker nominee and faced severe consequences from his party. He was stripped of all his committees i don't foresee that happening because i mean you can you can look what happened to what's the uh senator from wyoming liz cheney liz cheney um you look at what happened to her um in getting stripped of some of her committee hearings because the republicans didn't like what she was doing in the uh committee hearings for january 6th and the insurrection of course, her voters, her constituents, didn't like what she did because she got creamed in the uh, election for the Senate. So I, I don't foresee people, you know, Democrats have made allusions to the fact that it's like, hey, we've got 212 votes. We just have to have five people walk across the aisle. And yet. And then there'll be a Democratic Speaker of the yeah, House. Exactly. Uh, apparently, though, no one will do that. 
So the speaker vote can play out a, a few ways. They are expected to have another vote coming up this afternoon. Now, we're due to con- talk with Congressman Russ Fulcher coming up tomorrow morning um, here on our show at about this time tomorrow morning. Uh, this is, like I said, it's history-making because none of the people who are in Congress as of right now have ever had to go through this before. Members will continue to vote for days, weeks, or months until a speaker candidate receives enough votes, which means no other legislative business is being conducted. One option for McCarthy is to continue to try to bargain with his colleagues to gain enough votes, though it's unclear if that will work or even unclear if he would be willing to do it because, as you heard right there, he's basically saying, I'm not going to give something just to get a vote from somebody. Now, he could also drop out of the race for Speaker, leaving an opening for another Republican to win the Speakership. Although none of the challengers have even come close to gaining enough votes to get the gavel. Here's a trivia question for you. How many Speakers of the House have gone on to be elected president? Just take a guess. God, I I wouldn't even hazard a guess. Go ahead. Name any number you want. Zero. Uh, you're close. One. One? Only one? James K. Polk. That's the only one. We, we don't have a President Pelosi or President Paul Ryan or John Boehner or uh, Denny Hastert. Yeah. Newt, Newt Gingrich. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Foley, Jim Wright, Tip O'Neill, Carl Albert. Jim Jordan was brought up yesterday. You heard uh, Matt Gates had nominated Jim Jordan yesterday. Here's a problem with that. I mean, some people think that, you know, he's conservative enough to be the Speaker of the House for the Republican Party. However, Jim Jordan doesn't want to be Speaker of the House. He said that yesterday. He goes, I don't want to be Speaker of the House. He goes, I enjoy being on the committees and questioning people in the hearings, which you don't do if you're the Speaker of the House. So so he doesn't want to to be be Speaker. To be fair, with only 20 votes, he's not really in danger of becoming Speaker of the House. No, not, not as of right now, but I mean, he's not even actively trying to get it, right. even though there are some people, like I said, Matt Getz, you know, right after Jim Jordan basically gave a speech, got up right after him and said, I would like to nominate after that speech, I would like to nominate Jim Jordan. Can you, can you force somebody say, to be Speaker of the House? <laughs> no, probably not. However, Matt Gates and Jim Jordan, I mean, if you watch you know, news channels, they're on all the time. They comment on all sorts of stuff because they're both you know, really good at uh, expressing themselves. How do you think this is going to play out? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, do you think this is good or this is bad if you're a Republican, if you're a conservative? You think what's going on right now with the infighting going on in the Republican Party just three days into the new year, is that a bad sign for things to come over the next two years? <laughs> same old, same old, sounds like. It, I, I mean, can you put a positive spin on this? It's like, gosh, they can't even figure out, we'll make get great, together and make yeah. a Speaker of the House. How we'll, are they going to make laws? We'll make tremendous progress if only we can agree on everything. Eh. It does, it does beg the question, if they can't agree on a Speaker of the House, how are they going to get the party together? I mean, they have a very slim majority. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to making laws and passing laws, how are they going to get everybody together to even be able to do that over the next two years? You ask good questions. I have no answer. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. 
For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 853, phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email chris at kboi.com or mike at kboi.com. Text us also, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Keep in mind, sometime within the uh, next hour, we're going to have a chance for you to pick up Boise State, Utah State tickets. Boise State picking up their first win in the Mountain West Conference last night against an undefeated... San Jose State came down to the final shots, and uh, they did win. Also, New Mexico lost last night. So the, they were the last unbeaten team in the nation, not just right. the Mountain West, last New unbeaten Mexico. team in the nation. And they got beat by Fresno. Mm-hmm. Fresno State. So, as you mentioned earlier, it's it's just going to be tough to win, especially on the road. On the road, I think it's going to be really Mountain tough West this conference. year. And, and, and it's not just, I mean, last year you had five or six teams that were, you know, tough games. Mm-hmm. This year, I think everybody's going to be tough on the road, especially when you're playing in uh, on somebody else's court, even the teams that might not have some of the best records. But we have tickets uh, for the uh, Boise State-Utah State game. All compliments to Kenny and the guys at Cloverdale Plumbing. Big, huge thank you. So we'll have tickets sometime before 10 o'clock this morning. If you'd like to win, just stick around. Be ready to call at 208-336-3700. This is kind of interesting, and I saw a lot of posting on social media, Twitter, Instagram, about people with the cold, deep freeze weather we had over the holidays using electric vehicles. And how hard it was to get them charged in some instances when the weather gets cold, how how long that charge lasts, much less than when it's warmer, finding charging facilities. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest proponents of electric vehicles is now looking to uh, ban electric vehicle use in their country in the wintertime. Swiss officials are bracing for an energy crisis this winter while planning for ways to prevent blackouts. Switzerland is looking to ban vehicles from being used non-essentially this winter as government officials begin to brace for an energy crisis in the upcoming winter months. Is that all vehicles? Uh, Just the electric vehicles. Okay. Just electric vehicles because there could be a possibility of causing blackouts if too much energy is being used. Now, I don't... I guess there are such things as pleasure drives. Uh, is it? Well, you know, I, I asked that question a few years ago. I said, do people still just all get in the car and go for a drive? Because when, when I was a little kid, we used to do that all the time. You know, my dad would say, hey, let's go for a drive. And you'd drive around town, look at stuff, and then you'd come home. It was just something we did. And, uh, you know, as time went by, I realized that I hadn't done that in a long, 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 long time. But people still do. Some of the things that the Swiss are looking to do, for example, shops may need to reduce their hours, streaming services may need to be limited, and buildings are going to be looked at to only be allowed to be heated to 68 degrees Fahrenheit. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) My wife would be screaming bloody murder. Yeah, mine probably would, too. Swiss officials will activate each tier and level based on supply level. As very minimum, buildings will only be able to be heated to 68 degrees. Electric vehicles will be limited to essential trips, and in worst-case scenarios, concerts and sporting events will be canceled. Additionally, things like escalators and elevators will be turned off, leaf blowers getting silence, cryptocurrency mining getting banned. These are all things the Swiss are looking 
so essentially do because the, of uh, an energy crisis that's the, coming. The, the Swiss people will be encouraged to go out and do nothing. Yes. Or stay home and do nothing. Stay home and do, well, yeah, basically. I think, I don't see anything here about watching yeah. television. Don't, television will still be okay. Don't do anything that requires energy. Okay, so <laughs> you're saying don't do anything. I'm curious, if you have an electric vehicle and you uh, took a drive over the holidays when the temperatures were down in the teens and below, do you have trouble with your electric vehicle? I, I have no knowledge of electric vehicles. I've never driven one. I know people who have them, but I'm just curious. When it gets cold outside, do you have trouble keeping a charge in your electric vehicle? Do you have problems finding places that you can charge your electric vehicle quickly? 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. A great one. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 905, good morning, and welcome to the final hour of the show. Don't forget, sometime this hour, somebody's going to get a pair of tickets. Boise State taking on Utah State Saturday afternoon. We've got a pair of uh, tickets for you to win. Compliments of Cloverdale Plumbing once again. Listen in for your chance to win sometime within the next 45 minutes. You want to get through right now? Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. You can also text, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Carol in Boise, good morning. Thanks for listening in, and thanks for being a part of the show. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning. I've got, a, uh, I've got the definition of insurrection. In the 1993, the American Heritage Dictionary proves that we, what we have is not an insurrection. It definitely was a riot. But what it says is, the act are an instance of open revolt against civil authority or a constitutional government. We had a riot, and it was staged, and it had been planned for for weeks, and it did not come to the uh, the act of an in. Instance, or I've got a really bad phone, sorry. The actor, an instance of open revolt against civil authority or a constituted government. Now, when you, when you say stage, I want to go back. The government. When you say, just, I, I want to go back here. When you say staged, what do you mean by staged? That it wasn't real? It was uh, the the whole thing. Yeah, it was real. It was staged by the FBI, and you can find all that information that's been out there for months. I'm the, sure you uh, can. The, um, let's see. I'm sure you can find the information, but is, how do you know it's true? How do you know that information is true? <laughs> After months of, of talking with. Uh, not only talking, but listening to and reading, and 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 the whistleblowers have said this is what it was. They said this was going to happen. Uh, an FBI uh, agent and more whistleblowers said this is what's going to happen if we don't make a change real darn quick before this um, uh, this ter- this December sixth thing was going to come up. And the FBI knew all about it, and they they let it happen because it works for their political advantage. Okay. Thank you for the call, Carol. Appreciate it. Little confused. Well, now we know that. Uh, which, you, which whistleblowers is she talking about? 
FBI whistleblowers, Chris. Did oh, you hear? I guess. <laughs> um, Jimbo writes in, alleged liar representative George Santos of New York shared a falsehood on his first day at Capitol Hill that he had been sworn in as a member of the House of Representatives. In fact, there was no leader of the House to swear him or anyone else in. While the post on his official website drew instant criticism, he wasn't the only one to set out erroneous announcement. Identical statements were posted on the websites of other freshman lawmakers, thus making it appear... In anticipation, I would assume. ...generic and possibly automated. Because what was supposed to happen, they were supposed to elect somebody on the first ballot, and Mm -hmm. then everybody, you know, gets sworn into Congress. But... Not yet. Phew, what a break for the liar. But shouldn't he or his staff been monitoring what goes on on his official website? Who knows? I Yeah, I probably, I guess. At some point, somebody, somebody should have advised him that it's, it's well, okay, first of all, let me explain that, number one, he's still going to be a congressman. Apparently, nobody has told him that, that uh, he has to resign or anything. People have suggested it, but I don't think he plans to. He acts like, uh, well, everybody fudges a little on their resume. Well, there's a difference between fudging a little and claiming you went to a college that you didn't attend, claiming you got a degree you didn't get, claiming you worked places you didn't work. Hey, it worked for Biden. He ended up becoming president. Fudging is like saying, I know conversational Spanish. But when, <laughs> you know, you can just order at a restaurant. I I... I don't know. It's uh, There could be an ethics investigation. He, you're right. I think he, he's going to be sworn in. He was elected. They're, they can't force him to resign. That'll be a decision that you know he would have to be, be, make. But as well, you he said, would, he there are people to, asking him to resign. Right. He would have to resign in disgrace, and apparently he doesn't have that uh, emotion. Yeah. I, I don't even know if there's going to be an ethics investigation. Because if you hold one person to a standard of you shouldn't lie about things and you have to hold everybody to that same standard. And I don't think congressmen want to be held to that same standard. (laughs) Am I wrong? I mean, because a lie is a lie, right? It doesn't matter if you lie three times, five times, or one time. If you lie, it's a lie. A congressman pointed out to me one time, lying is not, uh, is not illegal depending upon to whom you are lying. If you're lying in court, lying to the FBI, yes, uh, that's illegal. Almost anybody else, go ahead and lie. Lying on your resume is not something you're going to get arrested for. It's not illegal. It could cause you to not get a job. It could cause electors in the next election to go, well, wait a minute, we didn't know he lied the first time we elected him to Congress. That could be... What happens in two years when the, another election well, but, comes up? But the attitude with this guy that I, I'm I'm seeing is people saying, you know, uh, sure he may have uh, lied on his uh, resume, but uh, he still stands for the same things I do, and so he'll you know he'll vote the way that I want him to. So uh, he's he's a perfect representative of me. Now there there are some problematic things that could go on because um, one of the, I, I I don't know the actual details of what happened in brazil but there's apparently some sort of fraud charges there could be some fraud charges in brazil and apparently brazil has said that they're going to open up that investigation again into whether or not there are fraud charges so fraud is a form of lying if he is convicted of fraud even if it is in brazil yeah that's against the law if he is if he's convicted well he broke brazilian law 
and I don't know what the if it would be internationally, you know, like, like if you if you commit fraud, banking fraud, and say it's in a bank in in Brazil, I think that you're still in trouble here in the United States. Well, there are international banking laws. Yeah, that that that's just it. I know a lot of people. I, I saw a story, an opinion piece um, earlier this week that said that once he gets sworn in, there's going to be an ethics commission convened over some of his lies. And I, I'm like, I, I don't think there is. And, and what are they going to do, though? I mean, they, are they going, if, assuming that there is an ethics uh, committee that uh, is convened for this, are they going to recommend that he resign? Can they do anything more than that? I, but once again, that whole thing of I don't think anybody wants to be held up to the standard of if a lie is a lie, it's a lie. I I don't mean to say that I think it's okay that he did all this, these lies he just purported to do. But, I mean, you've seen in the past, and, and I'll use it with the President of the United States. You, you saw all the stuff in the 1980s that, you know, some of the stuff that he purported to have lied about, you know, getting a full-ride scholarship, being the top of his class, and all that an investigation in 60 Minutes was done, and none of it was true. And he ended up being senator for how many years and getting... What are we talking about? Uh, Biden. Getting elected president. Oh. So it didn't hurt him at all. Maybe well, this guy, Santos, is due to be elected president in 30 or 40 years. Again, you know, if, if you don't resign in disgrace, it would indicate that you don't feel disgrace. Yeah, and in that 60-minute report, and pe- if people can find it... Um, there were a lot of people who thought that that was the end of Joe Biden. And that was in the 1980s. Here he is in his 80s, and he's still here. So I, I just I, I don't think that they're even going to be an ethics investigation just because if you investigate one, you can't stop there. You're going to look you know, pretty dumb if you sit there and get caught in a lie or an Damn. embellishment, as some people like to claim. I didn't lie. I just embellished. Well, if you embarrass your resume, you're lying. There was yesterday, there there was uh, a group who showed up in front of his congressional offices uh, back, uh, you know, where he's from, and and they protested, but apparently there are plenty of people who voted for him that said, well, I didn't vote for him because of his resume, I voted for him because, you know, he believes this, and so do I, and so they don't care. 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, you can email us uh, also if you want to weigh in. Um, I have a question here. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, having to do Mall of America. You ever been to Mall of, Ameri- Mall no. of America? Only uh, place in Minneapolis I've been is the airport. Okay. Uh, I've been there just once. Just a huge mall. They had a shooting right before Christmas. Uh, changed some of the rules in Mall of America right now. So now from now on, if you go into the Mall of America... You are searched hmm. because Mall of America is a gun-free zone. That gun-free zone didn't stop a person from being killed on December 23rd in a shooting inside of Nordstrom's. I want to get your feelings on what you think about gun-free zones. If you're going to have gun-free zones, which most people go, no, because then only people who will be armed are people... <laughs> who are who going to ignore who, the rule? Who don't, you know, who, who don't respect the rule? <laughs> yeah, um, is this something? If you have a gun, we have a gun-free zone here. We had a shooting here in our mall at Boise. Is this something in this gun-free zone that should be done at Boise Town Square Mall? Should everybody be searched? Would you be okay with that? We'll talk about it coming up here next.
Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 920-208-336-3700, toll-free 1-800-529-5264. Lori writes in, Mike, at KBOI.com. You keep saying Biden lied back in the 80s with no proof. What are you talking about? Um, I just quickly uh, looked this up for you. Put this up, would you? More explaining to do. The new questions stem from taped remarks of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very diff- going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob? It's in terminal condition. Terminal. Eleanor? Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. Morton? <laughs> Dying. I say dead. We'll be right back. There he was. And he, not dead. His career went yeah. on. How many years was he a senator? Well, 45 and, and, years? And what a stupid excuse. My memory failed me. <laughs> so I remember earning three degrees, but I actually only uh, earned one, so my memory failed me. See, that, that reminds me of those guys who say, uh, you know, I, why should I go to prison? I made an honest mistake. All right, I made one mistake one day. Well, yeah, but you, you know, you, you took in a machine gun and 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 uh, robbed a bank. That's not that's not a, a mistake. A mistake is whoops, I forgot to pay my phone bill on mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, that's just a crime. Yeah. Well, and and if you're a pathological liar, which it's starting to seem like a lot of politicians uh, are, at least two that we've been discussing the last few minutes. <laughs> I I will say, um, you know, just, I mean that's just flat out lying. One thing that he does have correct, you know, what do you call someone who finishes seventy sixth in law school out of a class of eighty five? You call them an attorney. You call them an attorney. He's still an attorney, even though uh, he apparently either forgot or lied. Well, that's like that's, he finished at the top of his class. I mean, the old the old saying is, "What do you call the guy who graduated last in in medical school? You call him doctor." Doctor, yeah. And the other thing, somebody said years ago, I thought it was really funny. I think I heard this in the 70s. A guy said, you know what? Just uh, by process of elimination, somewhere in the world right now is the worst doctor. The worst doctor in the entire world. And he probably has a full schedule of appointments today. Not wrong. In Minneapolis, a new security measure at the Mall of America instituted just days after a fatal shooting there is getting mixed reviews from people who attend the Mall of America. Uh, Bloomington Shopping Destinations has established bag checkpoints at its building entrances and the entrances to uh, stores that follows the December 23rd shooting inside Nordstrom Department Store that killed a 19-year-old. 
and injured a bystander. On New Year's Eve, shoppers filed through bag check stations at mall entrances and were searched, waiting for officials wearing lime green shirts to sift through all their belongings. Some waited to check shoppers outside of popular retail stores like Forever 21 and Nordstrom. Other security officials walked through the mall and monitored shoppers while equipped with bulletproof vests and long guns. Mall of America, as you know, is a mm-hmm. gun-free zone. And see, the problem with a gun-free zone is most of the people will honor that and not have a gun. And the person who intends to commit mayhem will have one and be virtually unimpeded, at least by bullets, because of the fact that nobody else has one. So it's not a perfect solution to call something a gun-free zone. It's great if it is, in fact, gun-free if you want it to be. But all somebody has to do is bring in a gun, and then it's no longer gun-free. It's, you know, then becomes very dangerous. Sean Jackson, who was shopping at the mall on New Year's Eve day, said he was shocked by the death at Nordstrom's, but he believes that the searches don't go far enough. He thinks that metal detectors could have stopped the shooting, that metal detectors should be installed at all entrances at the Mall of America. Our question to you is, we went through this a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Here at the mall, Boise Town Square Mall. Another gun-free zone where a person with a gun ignored the sign walking right. into the mall and ended up shooting it's people. like having a drug-free school. Really? You think so? Would this be a change that would be acceptable to you in gun-free zones like the Boise Town Square Mall, where you did have armed security that were doing searches before you entered? You had to walk through metal detectors. Would you be willing to give up that piece of freedom? To be able to go to the mall. Depends on what was on sale. Doesn't affect me because I can't remember the last time I went to the mall. Yeah, true. 208-336-3700. Amazon. <laughs> Pound 670 on your Verias and wireless. Want to get your thoughts. What do you think about what's going on in uh, Minneapolis? Gun-free zone, Minneapolis? Gun-free zone, Boise, Idaho. Should there be searches before you go into the Boise Town Square Mall? Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 9.33 is putting a poll out there, non-scientific. Just curious what your thoughts are because we've had something similar happen here in the Treasure Valley. Mall of America saw a shooting on December 23rd this year where a person was killed, another person, person injured. When a gun was brought into a gun-free zone. I don't know how it got in there because it's a gun-free zone. It got in there because somebody brought it in, not respecting the sign that said gun-free zone. Exactly. So there's been a change in the Mall of America. You are now searched when you come in. One of the person that were, people that were there on the uh, opening after January 1st said that it didn't go far enough instead of just searches said that there thinks he thinks that this is a gun-free zone you should have metal detectors at every entrance to make sure that nobody is bringing uh, in a gun employees a lot of times don't use the main entrances do they search them that i don't know about good question (laughs) Our, our our question for you is we had something similar happen just over a year ago here at the boise town square mall Mall another gun-free zone it's still a gun-free zone Should the Boise Town Square search people coming into the mall to make sure that they're not carrying a gun in a gun-free zone and maybe Mm -hmm. even go that extra step in adding 
the metal detectors before you can get into the mall. Would you be okay with that? Russ in Boise, thanks for being on, uh, hanging on with us. Can you turn your radio down? Oh, yeah. There you go. Russ, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Better turn it down a little further. Yeah, we can We can still hear it. Okay. So what are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, uh, so these gun-free zones, I just kind of avoid them because I carry. And yeah, Good idea. I, I mean, that, you're doing what they want you to do. Exactly. And so I don't feel safe in those places. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of avoid them. But I think that law-abiding citizens that carry and have been trained to carry uh, could help stop these things from continuing. Because uh, I think that uh, someone that is wanting to break the law would probably look twice. They would think about it. Because if they know there's other people in there that are carrying, they're probably less to brandish a gun. And that's, that's if my take on that. If they're sensible, which, you know, is is not right. always a sure thing. Nope, but... Uh, there is a case where you could actually stop something from continuing. I mean, you're not just going to go. Yeah, you, at least you, you have know, a chance. Shoot someone. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that uh, we need to get back to common sense. You're asking. You're asking yeah. for an awful lot get, there. Okay, get back to it. When did yeah. we have it exactly? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, people, people are always talking about getting stuff. back to stuff, and I'm like, when? When? What are you talking about? When? Yeah. Yeah, when was this yeah. utopia? Well, you know, we just uh, we do the best we can. If, you know, you you do your training on them, and uh, I just think that uh, things need to change. All right. Thank you for the call. Appreciate, appreciate it. Uh, Richard writes yeah. in, uh, email Mike at KBOI.com. If they put that kind of security in the Boise Town Square Mall, I would never go in. Any store that treats its customers that way doesn't deserve my business. That's why I stopped going to Costco. Mm, there you go. Wait, did Costco all of a sudden start searching people? No, Costco has always required you to flash your uh, membership card. Oh, so he's he doesn't like you have to flash a membership card? I suppose not. Tom and Emmett, thanks for being patient. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Tom, can you can you roll up your window? We can't understand a word you're saying. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. I'm outside. Yeah, uh, and we could okay, tell. Okay, <laughs> I got my speaker. Okay, hey, uh, 30 years ago when we had a assault weapons ban, we didn't have mass shootings three times a week, but... Uh, you know the NP the NRA and and uh, Lapierre, the president of the NRA. This is their wet dream that you will not be safe on the streets of America unless you got a gun on your hip, wandering around like Matt Dillon or somebody. And uh, we kind of went and made it available so when somebody really loses their temper, anybody carrying a gun on their hip that gets a little road rage or something. Good possibility he's going to step out with that gun and throw it up there like he's Matt Dillon. So, yeah, this is their dream because the manufacturers sell more guns, sell more ammo. But uh, enough about that. The second thing was last night, Nate asked, why is Kevin McCarthy having a hard time getting the vote? He's having a hard time getting the vote because one time 
two years ago, he said the truth about Donald Trump starting the insurrection, and they can't stand somebody that follows their lie 99.5% of the time. 0.5% of the time, Kevin McCarthy said his piece. He said Donald Trump was solely responsible. They're remembering that. That's why these guys are super MAGA, are voting against him, because he spoke his truth one time before he crawled on his hands and knees. Yeah, they did. They did. Donald Trump. They did make up. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's Trump. What I mean, but he did speak his truth one time. Yeah, and they're remembering and, that. Nobody mentions the fact that he did speak his truth, but that you could bet you behind closed doors. Check That's the, the check reason the, why Kevin McCarthy is check no the, good. Uh, check the more liberal networks. They're mentioning it every night. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but McCarthy and, and Trump made up, and Trump has been telling people to vote for McCarthy. He's been, you know, he's been endorsing him lately. But I've been enjoying this tremendously. Uh, shows how much they're going to get done in this Republican Congress. They're going to really fix a lot of problems. The last Congress did a infrastructure bill. They're fixing bridges and stuff. These guys probably couldn't put together a good daisy chain of people holding their hands if they tried. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Very, very colorful. Um, the F man writes in, 30 years ago, Biden acknowledged he lied. Well, he, he really didn't acknowledge it until he got called well, out on his lies. He, then he had to he, basically he said, acknowledge He said his it. memory failed him. <laughs> and, and again... I remember earning third, three degrees, and somebody reminded me, no, you only earned one. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I forgot. I don't know why I remembered earning three. Uh, meantime, Trump continues to lie daily, still claiming he won the rigged 2020 election. Lying is a great American political pastime, but there are different degrees, don't you think? No, I don't think. I, I already said that. If you lied, you lied. There's not, oh, you you told a really bad lie, but this guy only told a kind of not really bad lie. No, it's still a lie. You look at, and maybe it's the way I was raised in the Catholic Church with my mom and guilt and all that. Look at Kevin McCarthy, who at first condemned Trump for a January 6th riot, then three weeks later went to Mar-a-Lago to jump on Trump's bandwagon. That's shocking lying. Not necessarily. Maybe he changed his mind after sitting down tropping, yeah. talking to Trump. I don't know what was discussed. I, I don't necessarily call that shocking lying unless you can prove that he lied at either one or the other. He just maybe changed his outlook. I don't know. I wasn't there. Corey says uh, there isn't a shortage of proof of Biden's lies. Okay, that's that's true. Yeah, the, every, everything he's ever said is, is pretty much public record because he's been a, in Congress for so long. Yeah. Um, another message on something we were talking about a little bit earlier from a phone call that we received um, from a listener. The January 6th committee has text messages from Ray Epps, FBI agent provocateur, who clearly states to his nephew that he, Ray Epps, helped orchestrate the so-called insurrection, and yet he hasn't spent a single day in prison, while others, escorted into the Capitol by police, have spent two years waiting in jail to have their first day in court. Ray Epps is not the only one caught on film telling people to go in the Capitol that the January 6th ignored, the Capitol Police Chief, um, has written a book. And all that may be true. And, and I mean, there's a lot of questions that I don't have answered because I, I sat here with Nate Shulman. We were here and broadcast what was going on on January 6th, live as it was going on, and sat there and watched police officers who just opened the gates and let people come in. 
They didn't try to stop them. And, and both Nate and I looked at each other and I go, why are they just opening up the barrier barricades and letting people walk in? This can't be a good thing. And sure enough, we found out later that it not necessarily was a good thing in some instances. But there are one of those, this is one of those instances where two things can be right. Just because maybe everything you said about Ray Epps is true and he did orchestrate that, that still doesn't make people coming in and destroying property within the building not against the law. Stealing yeah. property, not against the law. Oh, it's true. still against the law. So you you still had one person breaking the law. The ones now, that I was you, worried you may about. have something to stand on and say, hey, yeah. look, there are other people that should be charged here, but that doesn't mean some people weren't charged, so other people shouldn't be charged either. It doesn't work. Our law doesn't the ones, work that uh, way. The ones that caused me worry were the ones who uh, were running through the Capitol looking for particular people because they planned to lynch them. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that was just bravado or they were actually going to lynch them, I don't know. I mean, you know, the fact that people were smashing in doors and windows at the Capitol, uh, still, you know, I mean, it obviously it, it makes me emotional about it because yeah. nobody wants to see that in America. Billy says, I won't go into a gun-free zone because I would be the only one following the rules and the only one not able to protect myself along with any other innocent people. Rules only work if everybody follows them and bad guys are well known for not following the rules. Well, that's Billy. That's exactly why we asked the question. I want to further have you answer the question. Would you be okay in a gun free zone like the Boise town square? If we did what they're doing in mall America where people are searched, it's a gun free zone. They're searched to make sure that they don't have weapons and even it's their As way one of, person suggested, right. metal detectors at every instance to make sure you're not walking through with it's, a weapon. It's their way of forcing people to yeah. abide by the rule. If you're going to make it a gun-free zone, make it a gun-free zone instead of just putting up a sign that anybody can ignore like we've seen happen over and over and over again. John says, no different than Elizabeth Warren's and uh, Kamala Harris's lies for advancement of their political careers. If they do try and convict Santos then the whole gang needs to go. That was kind of the point you were making. Yeah, that's in, why I said I don't think politicians are going to stand there and go, oh, we need to kick him out because he lied. Well, in, uh, you're going to have three, four fingers pointing back at yourself. He goes on, in defense of old Joe, he's been uh, losing thought processing capacity for decades now. Everyone takes it as SOP for him, standard operating procedure. Clifford, Jim County, thanks for holding on. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBY. Good morning. Hey, um, happy new year. It's great to have you guys back in the saddle. Uh, I wanted to give my kudos to, uh, to, uh, the newly elected governor. I think it's time that he gets on the airwaves and, uh, Brad little congrats, congratulations, but, uh, give us a thank you and add a boy for electing Brad over the, uh, competition. Secondly, uh, Nate Shellman, um running the show. I'm glad he's back, and you guys had the incredible programming through uh, your That's, absence. It's not the same we, as having you there, but we uh, even have a new guy. I I like new guys. I was uh, <laughs> uh, a big proponent of. Uh, well, I've been in in the valley twelve years, so mm-hmm. um, me and Nate have had a couple of spoils, but uh, mostly it was. <laughs> You're not the only Mostly, one. <laughs> yeah, well, it was because he, Michael Savage, he never 
gave us a full three hours of Michael yeah. Savage way back when. But since then, uh, no, I uh, an old an old farmer living on an orchard. I lived by the radio, especially about four o'clock in the morning. And you guys on Saturday morning? Oh my gosh, five o'clock the the broadcast about. Uh, the fishing and hunting in the north, you know, in yeah. the northwest. Well, yeah. Clifford, we, yeah. we appreciate you listening. We appreciate the fine thoughts. And I uh, will tell you, Chris has mentioned new guy here on Newstalk KBY. Might want to check him out. Matt Wall started uh, yesterday, and you can hear him Ooh. afternoons from 2 until 3 o'clock. All right? Last name again? Matt Last name again? Walsh. Matt Walsh. Oh, I know that's a famous name. Yeah. Guys yeah. So <laughs> check it out. Yeah, he's been a political yeah. commentator for years and on and off on the radio. Uh, he has a, a blog that he's written for many years. But uh, at one time, he completely swore off radio because he'd just been fired. But like most of us, he's like, oh, another job waiting somewhere? Okay. <laughs> 208-336-3700. We'll take a break. One more segment on the way. Uh, phone lines lined up. We'll try to get to as many of those as we can. Coming up next. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Final segment, 208-336-3700. Paul, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. I just uh, I got away from the phone, but you mentioned, you know, those gun-free zones. You know, I think in theory that that's a nice thought. But, you know, when you got somebody that's hell-bent on causing mayhem and large catastrophes of people, I don't think they're going to work. And, and I'll tell you why real briefly. I think that we've gotten a lot of people coming over the border that really do not like Americans, period. And they are they're, they're devious, evil people, and they want our, our destruction. And they're going to stop at nothing to do that. You know, I, I hate to have that thought, but they're not all, you know, welcome wagon people when they're coming over. So, so you don't you I, don't think that a uh, gun free zone, if they did searches or had medical or metal detectors, like say at the Boise Town Square Mall, that that would stop people from coming in there somehow? No, I don't. I think what they do is they'd come in twos and threes, and they'd bring just enough of of whatever it is that they want to do their 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 dirty deeds with, and they put it together like in a restroom or a lo- unlocked janitor's closet, and they'd, they'd put it together, and then they'd have their little weapon of mass destruction, whether it be a firearm or a bomb. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying I hope that that happens, but, you know, it's starting yeah. to look like that's what's happening. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Chuck in Boise, good morning. You're on Newstalk KBOI. Uh, good morning, fellas. Hey, Chris, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but when you were talking about the January 6th people and you were still concerned about those who were going in Congress trying to lynch people, is that what you said? Uh, the, the, the ones that were uh, in the Capitol yelling about they were going to kill the vice president or kill Pelosi. I just wondered, okay. if, I wondered if they were serious about that. Because you hear yeah. them, you hear them on, you know, on the uh, yeah, there's the, video the footage yelling about it and, and screaming, you know, where's so and so? That you know, who, who knows who what they really would have done had they met charged, them. What's that? Who have those people have been charged with that crime yet? Who are the people who've been charged with that crime? Yeah, that's no, nobody. Crime. Nobody's been charged the, with uh, the threat of bodily injury, right? No, nobody's been charged with, uh, I guess, threats. 
as far as I know. The, the ones who were charged were charged with, uh, you know, disruptive conduct and disorderly conduct and, and right. occasionally assault, resisting arrest, things like that. But uh, nobody was dis- nobody was just charged for uh, threatening the vice president, I guess. Wouldn't you say that that would be more serious of a crime that they should go after those people if that was actually happening? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, threaten the vice president, number two in line, in control of America, seems like a pretty big crime. I suppose it does, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm curious why, if it happens, why nobody's been charged. They got maybe, names, got bases. They maybe, got, that, maybe that's something they couldn't prove just from the films, or from the, you know, the video yeah. footage. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Good I mean, it only takes two witnesses, right? So and that, like I, I said, I don't, I don't know if it was just bravado or if they had really met, you know, if they had really met Mike Pence, would they have strung him up? You know, possibly not. They, they may have suddenly realized, hey, of all, everything yeah, I do here, I don't want to commit it, murder. Just saying it is yeah. a crime, right? You can call up and say, hey, I want to assassinate the president, and they'll arrest you for it, right? So you start to come to your front door. Yeah, depending on who you tell, but, yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you for the That's call, Chuck. Like the fire story. It just seems a little bit... Uh, I don't know. Seems a little sensational. Thank you for the call, Chuck. Appreciate the thoughts. Thank you for listening. Um, Marcia writes in, I'm thrilled to hear that Matt Walsh is permanent, and it's good to have you two back again. Well, thank you, Marcia, and thank you for uh, listening. It's uh, nice to be uh, needed. I think that's just pronounced Marsha. Is it Marsha? Yeah. Okay. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Right. (laughs) John, Marsha. John, Marsha. All right, that's going to do it for us today. I promised we gave you a choice at our Casper and Chris, down to your impossible question, either the $50 gift certificate to Twisted District or the tickets to Boise State's basketball game on Saturday afternoon. Their choice, they chose Twisted District, so I have a pair of tickets right now. Caller number 6, 208-336-3700. Want to go see Boise State take on Utah State Saturday afternoon. Thanks to Cloverdale Plumbing, you'll have a free pair of tickets if you're caller number 6, 208-336-3700.